Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 45. Today, I'll be interviewing Joanne Gramlich. She is a speech-language pathologist and the award-winning author of Talk, Play, and Read With Me, Mommy, which was inspired by her personal interest and passion for helping young children and watching them learn and achieve. She believes that every child has a voice that should be heard and that it begins by empowering a child to tap into their imagination and skillful mind. Joanne feels her philosophy of making learning fun that brings out the best in her in children and helps them to explore their own creative abilities during their early years and moving forward. She currently lives in Buffalo, New York, where she continues her writing, educating, speaking, and creative endeavors. Uh, visit her website so you can learn more at talkplayandread.com. She's also on Facebook at Talk, Play, and Read with me, Mommy. Um, Twitter, Joanne Gramlich, and Instagram at JoJog1020. Um, but I'm going to be posting this all in the description so you could definitely get in touch with her and check out her website. So thank you so much for being here today, Joanne. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm really excited to talk to you about your book, which I really love. It's called Talk, Play, and Read with Me, Mommy. Um, and what I really like about it is that I think it's really easy for parents to, to use. It's a really nice guide to kind of just go back and forth. And what, what I love about it too, is that, you know, you kind of go through different ages. So maybe you could talk a little bit about your book and how, you know, and the different chapters and how it's organized. So for parents out there that let's say, cause it's a podcast and they can't see it, um, okay. that, that you could just describe it to them. Sure. Okay. So my book, Talk, Play, and Read with Me, Mommy, Interactive Activities to Enhance Your Child's Language Development from Birth to Age 5. It basically is set up, well, first of all, on the front cover, there's this little boy uh, looking at a book and he's using his imagination and he's dreaming about all these toys, a a colorful rainbow of toys. So right off the bat, it's very engaging and inviting because of the color. And so on the back of the book, there's also uh, three three rows of toys. So right off the bat, you can actually play a game called I Spy. So, you know, it's it's very engaging. So the the premise behind the book, I when I wrote the book, um, I thought I was because I work in the Buffalo schools and I work after school. There's so many kids on my caseload and I feel as though. We can we can do our best, and we can only do our best. But I feel like the kids also need a lot of help to carry over what we do in our you know the various settings, the school setting, and the in the homes. I felt like maybe um, you know, of course, the goal is to get that parent involvement aspect. So, and a lot of the parents were always asking me when the kids you know were were having difficulty expressing their wants and needs at the younger ages. How can I get my kid to talk? And so. Before I actually wrote the book, I wrote parenting articles and my research paper in college was actually parent involvement. And 
I, that was accepted at ASHA, an ASHA conference in Boston a long while ago. And so that's where I began with the idea. So I, I did the, I did the um, master's project on parent involvement. Then I tackled some articles that were published locally and then in um, national um, publications in various magazines, a couple in New York, a couple in California, Missouri. And then I decided to tackle the book project. So when I did the research regarding the book, I felt that a lot of the books out there were very heavy with activities. And as I'm scanning through these books, I'm thinking, wow, by the time I find this perfect activity, you know, Bobby, Tommy, Julie, whoever is long gone because we know these little ones are bumblebees and it's ready, set, go right now, or you're just not going to keep their attention. So I thought to myself, I needed to um, create something a little more condensed and easy. So the book is broken down to three chapters and it's infant, toddler, and preschool chapters. And of course, with the, the, uh, the activities and games included in each chapter and age appropriate and developmentally age appropriate. So it's kind of set up like, well, I shouldn't say kind of, it is set up like a recipe book. It's going to tell you what you need, how to elicit language with your little one. Um, some, like I said, the materials you might need. And most of the materials or toys are things, you know, most people have in their homes. Um, the major, Not all of them, but a good majority of the activities are centered and based around daily routines because, that's when you're going to engage in the home with your little one or when you're on the go, you know, picnic time or in the backyard playing or taking a walk. Um, again, it's going to tell you it's a rest set up like a recipe book where it tells you what you need, how to get there and what to do. And very simple, very simple for anybody to understand. It's geared for um, parents, mommies, daddies, grandmas, grandpas, caregivers, siblings can help the little ones. Any, and of course, educators, teachers, speech pathologists, etc. So, so basically, it's almost like there's three books in one because it has the infant activities, the toddler activities, and then the preschool activities. And it's actually, um, it's it's kind of like a Progression. Well, I shouldn't say kind of. It is a progression from beginning with those simple vocalizations to to your little one, you know, producing the sounds, to uh, of course also babbling vocalizations to those one word, you know, true words, one word approximations, true words. Then getting to the two word phrase, to simple phrases, really basic simple sentences to complete sentences, and then, of course, conversation, all through birth to five, because that's pretty much how they develop. So so the activities are very basic to start, and then they, you know, of course, not super complex, but they're going to get a little more complex as, as the child develops his language skills. And then also, um, what I was going to say... Um, there was there was just one more thing that I did want to add to you okay. know to add to what you're saying. What I think is also really helpful for parents is mm-hmm. that you included the developmental language milestones. Yes, that's um, what I, to say. I really really like that because I think that you know what parents could kind of go you know they could do the activities but they could go back and they could look at the milestones. Um, but for any parents out there, I also just want to reiterate that. You know, as far as like milestones go, I mean, every child develops at their own pace. So it's, I think anything is, you know, just approximate. Um, 
Cry- so I know some parents, yeah, they get really concerned if like, you know, their child isn't doing something, but we're going to get to that a little bit later in the podcast about red flags. Yeah. So the, the chart is very helpful. Like you said, it's a guide. Uh, it gives parents an idea of what to expect at the certain levels between birth and five. And I always remind them again, it's a guide. It's like you said, every child uh, develops language at a different rate or acquires language at a different rate. And it, it just is nice to be able to go in there and see what, you know, have an idea of what your child will be doing at, you know, one year, two years, three years. And then also in the back of the book, it has strategies that parents can use within the activities to help uh, elicit the language. Real, very helpful. So yeah, so that like that, that is the um, the method behind the book. <laughs> Yeah, I really like it. I mean, this is definitely something, you know, I worked in early intervention for many years. Um, and I feel like there's nothing like a book mm-hmm. that parents could look to as a guide. I mean, of course, we have the internet and there's like tons of great resources online, but there's also a great value in having just a small book to look at. Well, I always find too, like just as a parent is that, you know, you start looking for something online and then you kind of get distracted. You look at your email or you look at, you open your tab and you're looking at something else. And, um, and the thing is, is that you're not always sure the credibility of the source, you know? Um, so what I like about your book is that, you know, when you're sitting down with your book, you know, you have kind of everything in one bundle, you have the milestones, you have strategies, you have all these really nice activities for every age. And I'm just going to, you know, kind of go through one of them just so parents have um, a little bit of a, you know, background to what, so the games for in the games for infants, what you talk about is like just a simple game of like making sounds, um, rattle time, musical sing-along, gentle voices. And what I like about all these activities that you talked about too, is that it's not only the stuff that's handy, because like that's always good, because we don't have to always go out and like buy something. You know, a lot of people feel like, um, I've had this conversation too with people is, um, with other therapists, is that you don't always need the most expensive, amazing toy. That oh sometimes gosh, a totally simple agree. toy is the best. I remember my kids, like their favorite toy was just the fresh direct boxes, you know? Um, right. <laughs> so yeah. And, and that was it. So, and, you know, especially just getting away from the screens, especially for the little ones um, mm-hmm. and having these kind of concrete activities are very helpful for parents. They could just go ahead, look at the book and they could do it right on the spot. That's the other thing. There's no prep time. You don't have to be like, oh, okay. Like, okay, catching a ball. I mean, who doesn't, I mean, we all have balls in the house. Um, Maybe that's not something they had on their radar right then. Like, you know, that I'm going to go throw the ball with my child right now. Um, So. And you know what else? Um, These games and activities can be modified or expanded on. So for example, Five Little Monkeys is set in the uh, seven month um, uh, section of the book in, in the infant section. But of course I do this all the time. Five little monkeys, you can add the finger puppets or the finger play sticks. Um, you can add the, the barrel of monkeys with it. You can also add, I have the five little monkeys game. So the preschoolers can expand on when you're working with the preschooler, of course, you're going to expand and make it a little more complex versus with a little baby, you're just going to do the hand gestures. So it's a lot of the games can, you know, be expanded on or modified. So really, like you said, it's, you can go, go find an activity in the pre preschool chapter and modify it 
for for a toddler or or an infant. So it's pretty user friendly and flexible like that. So exactly. I mean, just to add to the five little monkeys, you know, I wrote a children's book with um with my co-author Mindy, mm-hmm. uh, Weinbrenner, the monkey balloon, and um, I tell the monkey balloon, and so. We, we do a lot of like readings with preschoolers and we do five little monkeys all the time. I mean, I don't think there's any kid who doesn't like five little I monkeys. I know. Or so, does. And that's not, that's the thing. You don't have to kind of pigeonhole, oh, it has to be this age because it right. could really, you know, lots of kids, um, you know, like love a song like that. I, I'm in plenty of preschools where they love that. So, um, so just the next question I wanted to ask you just about some tips for new mothers about facilitating language. Um, is there any suggestions that you have, like some, you know, I mean, I, I mentioned a couple, but maybe there's some more that you wanted to add to it. Okay. So, um, well, I think, of course, babies are learning through their senses. So you mentioned um, lots making sounds and rattle time and gentle voices. So you want to be able to engage your baby through your voice um, you and, and eye gaze. So, for example, rattle time. It mentions that you just gather something that has calming sounds like a soft soft bell or rattle or a cup and a spoon and put it in front of uh, your baby's eyes, maybe eight to 10 inches away. So then they're making that eye contact and that eye gaze, and then you can move it away and then they can tilt their head to the sound source. So you're just helping them to helping them to stimulate their senses. Um, tenor tickles is another game where you can grab a, something soft like a feather or maybe a silky string and you can just gently rub it on your baby's arms your belly and if you're making that eye contact and you know stimulating them with with the little the little uh, object and of course you're looking to see if you can get the eye contact and then and then of course stimulate for sounds and if you hear anything repeat them back playful reading um that is another one that's really important um reading is a fun way of course to talk with your baby so your baby will not only listen to all sorts of sounds and words and rhythmic patterns, but you'll see your baby will see the pictures. And of course, eventually they're going to make those connections between the pictures and the words that they hear and, and hear you say. So bath time is a great time. It's a fun way to talk with your baby. Um, You're looking to uh, engage them with the splashing of the water. They can hear that. Um, You can also do fun Finger play songs or nursery rhymes. So, for example, I have the one. It's called Tubby Time, and I think I referenced that it's something like "This is the way we wash your baby, wash your baby, etc." So you can do it if you want to target a, a body part. So this is the way we wash your tummy, wash your tummy, wash your tummy. Just simple things like that that people forget that you're going to be able to name all those body parts while you're having fun by stimulating your baby during bath time. Um, Popping bubbles is another one where, you know, they're going to listen for the bubbles. They're going to see the bubbles and again, stimulating their senses. Um, Let's see what else. There's so many. Using words, gestures, and play actions when talking with your baby is so important. Um, Playing games such as uh, peekaboo, patty cake and so big that teach your child about taking turns when communicating with another person. Um, of course, handing things to your baby and asking your baby to hand them back. And, you know, they're going to squeeze and they're going to get their little fine motor, fine motor activities going with, with squeezing with the fingers and, um, I guess handing things back and forth that join attention. 
Um, yeah, exactly. I think, could you just talk a little bit about what joint attention is? Because, you know, I mean, that's something, you know, speech pathologists that we, you know, it's a, a common term, but for parents out there, could you explain? Because I think, I, I, you know, I'm glad that you touched on that term because I think it's just so important. It's something that, you know, I'm, I'm always working on too with my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, just to explain to parents, what is joint attention? Sure. Um, well, it's instead of being, you know, the child being isolated with just object playing with them by himself, it's, it, it allows the child and the parent or a child and a sibling or caregiver to engage with the child with an object and it allows the child and the parent to take turns. So I don't know, I'm trying to think of something, um, an object. Can you think of an object that, well, even a ball, right? A ball. A ball or even like a book, like, cause you know, I'm, I'm like, just, so I'm very, very to books, but like one of the things that, um, that, you know, I remember with, you know, when I'm, when I'm with like young kids or even when my kids were babies. Um, so when you're reading together, you know, you're kind of exchanging, you're not only just looking at the book together, but you know, it's something joint meaning together is I'm looking at the book, baby's looking at the book, baby's looking at you, you're looking at the baby. Um, so that it's kind of, you're kind of engaged in the activity together versus what you were kind of referring to is like a baby just looking at the book by themselves, which is okay. Um, which is fine, which is like another skill. But when mommy reads to the baby, um, to her baby, then they're reading it together. Let's yeah, say you're yeah. seeing a ball and you say, oh, ball, right? And then the baby looks at the book and says, ba, ba, ba for ball. Um, to me, that's what I, I would consider joint attention, that you're reading it, that you're engaged in the in the activity together. Right. And then, of course, they learn to take turns, you know, back and forth. Like exactly. you said, they can learn to flip the pages, identify the pictures. Mom can ask questions. And, you know, the little baby, like you said, can respond with those CBC um, responses or depending, you know, what level they're at, babble or maybe a true word going back and forth. Definitely. And so one of the, one of the things that I used to love to do when my kids were babies is that I love making like personalized books for them, you know, mm-hmm. having like photograph. And that's kind of also something that I recommend a lot to parents is the, the photographs, you know, the photographs are so powerful. Um, so whether you're making your own books or you're picking up baby books, I do find that young kids like, you know, toddlers, babies love, they really relate well to those photographs. Um, oh, yeah. so you know, that's another suggestion I have for parents because, you know, there's so many wonderful children's books out there. Um, it's those ones with the photos that the babies really, I think, attend to really nicely. Um, and then you're going to find ones that your kids just love and you could read them over and over and over again. Um, so just to kind of go back, because I know this is like one of the questions that a lot of parents will ask me or they'll, you know, I, I know it's it's a question I'm sure you've been asked a lot of times before is just about some red flags, you know, because a lot of parents I've talked to, oh, when should I get my child evaluated? You know, what should I be looking for? Um, what should I be concerned about? Um, sure. And I know this does vary by state as far as like the referral process, but just to kind of ask you, um, you know, just to kind of describe a little bit about what red flags um, would you tell a parent as far as, you know, referring for an evaluation? Sure. Well, generally with the little ones that I work with after school, um, I work for ECMC. Generally, I start seeing the little ones around two. I mean, I have seen, a, I, and of course, earlier than that, around 18 months, but the average is two. So I I do know that 
by two years old, they're supposed to have 50 to 200 words. So if they don't, that is a big red flag. So that is a time to, you know, make that referral if you're not hearing any words. But um, things to look out for would be um, the the vocalizations, uh, babbling, jargon, word approximations. If, if they're absent, then this is a red flag to possibly, you know, go see your pediatrician to, you know, get a referral to a speech from a speech language pathologist. Um, of course, also the first two words, word combinations. If your child's having problems understanding um, language or speech or when a child does not show any interest in communication, there might be, um, of course, the articulation aspect when a child has difficulty producing sounds in words where you have, you know, by age three, if you can't understand them, that's a red flag. And let's see, what else? Um, when, you know, when they're not understanding, when they're not able to follow simple directions, you know, by one and two years old, that's a receptive language delay. And of course, the, the expressive language de- delay would be when they can't express their wants and needs that are those early ages. Um so, and then of course you have the fluency if you have stuttering, but I do know that generally they say too, for a preschooler, you kind of don't call attention to it, but I really believe that depends on the severity level of it. So, and that, you know, cause a lot of times it's just the kids are rushing and they have anxiety when they're speaking. And sometimes, you know, if you don't call attention, they kind of, uh, you know, they're able to regain their fluency. So, um, I think that's, um, yeah. And there's also, I could also provide, there's, there's actually a really good on on Ash's website. They have a, you know, some good references for some red flags. Um, Mm -hmm. but just also say to parents too, like, I always encourage people to get their kids evaluated if they're concerned, because if anything, even if they don't qualify, you're going to get some good information. Um, and sometimes kids may not qualify in early intervention, but they may qualify for preschool. And this has been the case for a lot of kids. So, you know, it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever, it's always a good thing to check it out if you're concerned, because I think as a parent, if you're concerned, that's, you know, that's enough to kind of say, Hey, let me just make a couple of calls. Let me see what the process is in my state. Um, and kind of figure out to get the, to get the ball rolling with it. And also kids, you know, young kids do tend to really like being in, in therapy. It's not like work for them. You know, they're playing, especially for speech and language therapy. Um, yeah. And they make, and what I has found, like when I worked, you know, when I used to work in early intervention is that, you know, the progress is pretty quick, you know, once they get Mm -hmm. it, they really absorb it quickly. Um, obviously that, you know, varies by each child, but, um, but I would say to parents, you know, just don't wait, just go ahead. I've I've had a lot of situations where the parents would tell me that they had their child evaluated and then they were denied. And then about six months to eight months later, they went back again and then the child received the service. So you just don't always know. And it's frustrating for the parents because they know something's wrong. So that's like you said, you definitely should get it checked out if you have concerns. So my niece also had that happen with her uh, son where he didn't qualify first and then he did qualify later on. So, so it is important. And like you said, they're going to give you suggestions of how to, uh, you know, suggestions of what to do within the home in the meantime to help your child. But like I said, it's your best bet is to go if you, you have, an, you know, your intuitions telling you something might be wrong. So exactly. And then I think also your, you know, your book is a really nice resource for parents out there as well while you're waiting. Cause sometimes it could take a little while to get the evaluation oh, yeah, going. <laughs> um, so yeah, the paper. So, um, 
but this, but your book would be a great resource just to kind of get started and to kind of get, you know, just parents thinking about how to facilitate language. Cause you know, there's language in everything that we do. There really is. I mean, there's language in the way we play with our kids, the way we talk to our kids. Um, and uh, you know, there's just, there's just language everywhere. So, um, and your book is a really nice way to get started. And like you said, I think a lot of parents could get started with one activity and they're like, actually, well, maybe I could kind of do the same strategies with this activity. Right. Um, so that's, what's really nice about it. Yeah. And I, I think another thing, the reason I condensed it was also so parents can carry it wherever they go uh, in a diaper bag or a carry bag and just pop it out. So many times you're at the doctor's office and little ones are getting yelled at because of course they can't sit still. So this is ideal for that, those types of situations to engage your child and facilitate language. And then I, I also, this book also does come in an ebook and it's it, the per- premise behind the ebook. It's an interactive ebook for iPads and tablets. It's, it's pretty much, it's, it's not to have the kids on the screen time, but again, it's the same setup as the book that as far as the contents. So it, it's kind of a backdrop, but it's so visually stimulating because it's so colorful. I will have to um, send you um, a, a little cover video that I have of it and the uh, a small snapshot video that I put on social media. Yeah, I'm sure you'll love great, it. It's great. Yeah, really I'm going to include that. I think I did see that. I'm going to include that oh. in the description. So for anyone who's listening to this, you could go ahead and check that out into the description. I'm going to put it um, so yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, I actually, I think that this book would be a great addition in a doctor's office for sure mm-hmm. in that waiting room, <laughs> but a, right, lot, of different, a lot of different places, you know? Yes. Um, so is there anything else that you wanted to add before we finish up? Um, no, I just, um, I just think that parents need to know how easy it is to engage your child, um, especially within the home and during daily routines that there's just so many things that can be done and said, you just have to be patient. It's, it's, it's definitely a process, uh, little kids. I don't know. Patience is the key word, I think, and letting them express themselves in a creative way. So play can be done through all activities and just being patient, having fun, making learning fun um, during the meal times, during um, snack times, uh, play time, story time. So many things that, you know, the kids, the kids enjoy all the attention. So if you can be create, if you can be creative, have fun, your child will definitely learn along the way. It, it's definitely a, uh, a, how am I trying to say, a, a passion kind of to help the kids. And um, it's definitely um, gosh, I'm losing my thought. Um, well, I think, I think what you talked about as far as having fun with it too. I mean, also just to kind of tell parents out there too, this is not meant to be obviously, you know, as busy parents, you have other things to do, you know, you're cooking and you're going to work and there's lots of different things. Um, so, you know, that even if you could fit in a couple of these play activities with your baby or with your infant or your toddler or your preschooler, that's also great. You know, right. so I always think, cause you know, I think as parents, we also put so much pressure on ourselves that we got to do so much. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think, I think the key thing is just having fun with your, your child, following their lead, I think is a big thing too. If your child loves peekaboo, maybe you're playing peekaboo like most of the day, you know, maybe right. that's what you're doing. Right. If your child loves books, like my daughter loved books, you know, she definitely, you know, just got it for me, um, <laughs> loves, <laughs> loves books. So oh, that's we, good. that's what we did a lot. You know, we did a lot of books, you know, my son liked building. So a Mm -hmm. lot of what we did was more of building. Um, 
So, you know, as far as also following your child's lead and you could repeat different activities. And I think the reason why you wrote the book is to also explore, you know, every child's a little bit different. So maybe, you know, some kids like this activity, other kids like other activities. And also just another note, as kids get older, they develop different interests. You know, I was talking that about that with um the therapist the other day, because we're talking about what somebody likes at six years old is going to be different than someone likes at eight years old. And, you know, and there's a world of difference between a one-year-old and a two-year-old and a three-year-old, you know, there's so much growing in between. So maybe your child may not, may not like, let's say love books at one years old, but you show them at two or three, you know, they may love, you know, they could love it. So I do see that with the after school friends. A lot of these kids do not like books till about two and a half or three when I, when I bring them and and if I bring them out at 18 months to, um, around two, they're not interested. They still want the toys. So, but as slowly we ease in and then they love the books, which is good. So, but definitely having fun together, um, giving the kids time to think and using simple language. Um, I guess, like you said, letting the child lead and, and build on what they say, just showing them the right way and, and enjoying, enjoying, each other's company and making that special. Well, the book is definitely serves the purpose of um, creating special moments, bonding moments with your little ones too. Besides, you know, building on your child's language skills. So that's exactly because that just kind of happens naturally too. Yeah, you know, yes. I mean, a lot of this stuff you'll find. I think also parents will find when they're reading is that it is a lot of stuff that we're kind of just doing naturally, like instinct, you know, mm-hmm. you're playing peekaboo or you're in the bath and you're labeling, you know, the body parts and you're singing. I mean, that's kind of what we, you know, a lot of us do naturally. Um, so you'll find that look, Oh, I'm already doing that, you know, or maybe, right, you know right. what, I'm already doing that, but let me add to it. Let me not give me a good idea to do something else with that. So, um, yeah, lots of people yeah. that pick up my book when I'm at um, organizational events or community events, they'll look at it and they'll say to themselves, well, I kind of forgot about that. I forgot about this. So it does kind of, uh, you know, it kind of s- stimulates your own memory of, you know, engaging with their little ones. Little gives them a little bit of idea, you know, new, new ideas. So yeah, things they can I- do. Well, thank you so much. And people could purchase your book on, I guess, through your website and also on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Yes. Okay. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, you know, talking with me about my book. I appreciate it. Thank you. So thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. 